right. Welcome to At Odds here. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Hope everybody had a wonderful holiday and a injury-free Black Friday shopping. I can't think of a much better song to get us in the mood here for a college football Saturday. Uh, Jared, how you doing today? Doing pretty good. That was a good uh, intro song choice. You actually had me dancing in my feet there. Me too. Um, I-, I was grooving that one. We can thank the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack for that one. But let's get rolling. Let's get right into it here. Apologize for coming at you a little bit late on a Saturday again. Uh, normally, we like to get some of our bets to you a little earlier in the week. So you got time to lock it in and, and look at what you need to and even get some Thursday night games if you if you want to. But I was a little sick earlier this week. Thanksgiving came around. That would have been some fun bets to make on Thanksgiving. Jared is happy he made his bets. He said he won a handful. Um, I'm happy I didn't bet, actually. I think I would have lost a handful, except for I was I was liking the Bills um, at least for, uh, for Thursday. But, Jared, let's break down last week at least a little bit. You want to go through your last week? Yeah, so I actually had a uh, wonderful last week. Um, I was right on four out of my five with Minnesota covering uh, 13 and a half, Michigan covering nine and a half, Green Bay. This is the one I was couldn't have been more wrong on. I had the <laughs> alternate line of Green Bay at minus four and a half, and I think they lost by 60 or something. Um, and then Seattle money line. And the Deontay Wilder over six rounds. This was an interesting one because it ended up being like 6.6, and I needed 6.5. He knocked him out like one minute after the uh, uh, over put, um, hit. The good news is, though, I'm finally back in the positive, guys. Mm. I started off, and it, it, it doesn't sound impressive, but I was down to like 65. So I've almost doubled up in like two weeks. I had a hole to dig out of, and I am back, baby. That's uh. That's definitely a good trend there. I'm I'm going a little bit in the opposite direction. I didn't have the strongest week last week. I want to uh, commend you on that Wilder bet, like you said, barely cashed, but it did cash. And I mean, uh, that's as good as exactly they call it. Exactly the way it, I said it would. Yeah, if it barely cashes, you know who who really cares? And then <clears throat> uh, your Green Bay alternate line, like you said, you were you were wrong on. But hey, I mean. You took an alternate line. You took a positive, uh, a huge risk on that Green Bay game. It obviously didn't pay off, but it's better that than like Green Bay loses by like one and covers the spread and lose <laughs> on your alternate line. So I mean, you went big, you I'll lost, but play. you play for that risky bet. You might as well be really wrong. Yeah, exactly. Um, my last week did not go quite as well as yours. Um, I hit on a nice bet that kept me close. Uh, I ended up going down a little bit last week, but my parlay of Rutgers, Minnesota, Michigan um, didn't quite cash. Rutgers didn't cover the spread against Michigan State. Uh, I was a little happy to see that because Michigan State looked good, but uh, I didn't have much confidence in them covering three touchdowns, but they did. UCLA lost. Um, it was a game early on, but you know that plus 400 was a real risky bet. I wasn't really expecting it to cash, um, but it was a close game early on. I thought I actually had a chance. The Browns parlay I had at minus 10 and a half and to cover the overcast. I was very confident in that one. And that one sort of flying colors. Red Wings got killed and I could not have been more wrong. My Oakland bet was on par with your, uh, with your Green Bay Packers bet. My Oakland bet was my lock of the week where I put 20 units on and the Jets wiped them off the field. So all in all, I went a little bit down last week, but I'm still positive uh, a large amount I'm, I'm sitting at 223 units i went down a total of 15 last week i'm lucky i hit that little browns parlay because that returned uh almost three times my original bet which was actually my second biggest bet that i made so um, i'm uh, i'm grateful i'm thankful for that bet but enough about last week because i lost i don't need to dwell on that this is post thanksgiving we are all full and ready over here at, at odds for our next week uh, Jared, I'm excited, so I'm just going to kick us right off. I'm going to run right into my first bet, and uh, it's actually one that we disagree on. We've actually standing on both sides of the coin here. We have a little bit of a different line because, I mean, when you're sitting at home, you can go on a few different websites and, and get the line that you want it. So that's definitely a, a positive here to to online betting. I've got Cincinnati at plus three and a half uh, versus the Jets. I know I think you took them at uh, the Jets at minus three there. Um, so it's a, it's a very close spread one way or another, but this is kind of a gut pick. Um, I don't have a lot of faith in Cincinnati. Here's what I'm looking at. Cincinnati's 
0-11. I've kind of used this logic a little bit earlier in the season. Cincinnati's 0-11. I do not think they're an 0-16 team or even a 1-15 team. I would have thought they would have been a 5- or 6-win team coming into the season. So I think this is kind of a regression to the expectation. I think Cincinnati's going to get a win because I don't think they're a 1-15, 0-16 team. And the Jets are 4-7 and right now. I would have expected the Jets to finish the season with 6 or 7 wins. But with how they've been playing and with Sam Darnold missing like five or six weeks because of uh, Mono, you could easily see the Jets finishing with four or five wins here. I think this is a toss-up game. Andy Dalton's coming back in for the Cincinnati Bengals, which is huge. I think Andy Dalton at this point is legitimately playing for his career. If he finishes the season strong, he could possibly get a start on a team like the Dolphins or uh, the Titans or some team that is just in need of a quarterback. Um, If he plays like garbage for the next three, four games of the season, he's going to be relegated to a backup role. So I truly believe Andy Dalton's kind of playing for his NFL career at this point. So I like them to come out, even if they don't win, hold it within a field goal. Um, Really, I, I don't see the Jets being able to run away. They ran away from the the Oakland Raiders in my last uh, bet that I made. But over the course of the season, the point differential on the Jets is minus five. Um, the, the Bengals is even worse, minus 12. But when you're looking at a team that has a negative point differential by a substantial margin, you know, minus five and a half, you're looking at close to a touchdown. Now they're laying three and a half. They, you know, they're, they got to win by three and a half against the Bengals. Just not loving it. Um, like I said, I think Andy Dalton comes and gets right a little bit. Betting on an 0-11 team doesn't inspire a lot of confidence, so I'm only putting five units on this for a return of 4.17. But this is, like I said, more of a value bet. I saw the numbers. I don't think Cincinnati's an 0-16, 1-15 team. I think they right the ship. They get some wins down here in the late season, figure out a way to cover this spread at least. Um, at home, I will, mind you, for the Jets, who are 1-4 on the road, so not a good road team either. All right. So you ready for some last ones? It's all about Sam Donald. <laughs> you look at how Sam Donald has been playing. He is terribly skewed by his admittedly awful game against New England. It was 86 passing yards, 0-0 touchdowns, 4 interceptions, 0-4, 3.6 QB rating. If you remove that 3.6. Game, 3.6. You remove you that game. He played the Bills in his first game. One touchdown, one interception, 135 yards, 85 QB rating. Not a great game. Okay, now he comes back from Mono. Awesome game against Kyle. I'm not going to every stat one. <laughs> Just look at his QBRs, though. He's been slowly improving since he came back. He had the Patriots downfall. Then he was 73.3 against Jacksonville. 85 in his next game with Dolphins. 98 against the Giants. These are all been bad teams, but the Bengals are bad teams. 121 against the Redskins, and then 128 last week against the Raiders. He has been constantly getting better and better. I don't think he's going to go for a 150 this game, but I think he's finally starting to kind of find his own. I told you about this last week when you were taking the Raiders, and I said, honestly, I, I would lean the Raiders also, but I'm staying away from it because you never know. Sam Darnold could have one of those random games. Now there were a lot of other fluke plays in that game, but Sam Darnold definitely started him off by just driving that ball down the field every chance he got. Um. Again, I don't think they're an amazing team, but I think he's starting to hit his groove. They can Once he's hitting his groove, they can work Le'Veon Bell into the uh, game a little bit better. Um, I got them, like you said, different, different line at minus three. Three and a half, I'd probably still take them, but I wouldn't be excited about it. But three, I mean, I think they end up winning the game by three to seven, somewhere in there, like a close game. But Darnold's just he's just better than that Bengals team by himself. I mean, he could just probably win one on, one on 11. Um, but yeah, so I have a uh, 10 units for that one. Uh, oh, sorry. Forgot about the second leg of the parlay here. So this is actually a parlay with the Packers minus six. As we both mentioned earlier, I was awful. Uh, I was going to say putting your faith back in the pack after last week. It's bold. You, you got to go back to them. I mean, you look at the Packers team, maybe they're not as good as I thought they are, but they're definitely a good team this year. Um, they're fighting for playoff seeding right now. They want to try to keep that. They're, they're not going to let a game like the Giants slip away from them. Um, 
I don't know. The Giants are a talented young team. I just think they're going to, I don't know. It'll probably be close for a little bit. But the Packers, like I said, Aaron Rodgers is a professional. This is a game they know that they can win, and they have to win a game. I'm not saying that means they're going to play to a six-point spread. They're obviously just going to play to win the game. But this is a game they're not going to let something slip away. They're going to be ready to go. They're going to go win this game so they can focus on bigger games that they have later on. Um, I also just really like the return value for those. I think those are both two very probable games, and I'm getting plus 252 basically for the parlay. So it's 10 units for 25. I think those are both very likely games to happen, so I might as well put them together and take that that bet that really gets me back into the green here. So I Yeah, I like Packers, uh, but... I was going to say, I like the value on that. Um, I definitely think the Packers have a strong chance to cover on that spread. That was actually one of the ones I was looking at, including. I really like the value on that bet, plus 250 um, for those two teams. Like I said, though, Cincinnati's going to cover that spread, so the parlay is going to be rendered a little bit useless, but it's a good it's a good value that you've got there. And who knows, you know, like you said, Sam Darnold is a little bit skewed. Um, from the the Patriots game that he played. But at the same time, Cincinnati's team is a little skewed because they've been starting Ryan Finley for like the past six weeks. So Andy Dalton is going to, like I said, I just believe that Andy Dalton is um, at best, or at least I should say, a mediocre quarterback. Um, and that's really all it takes to, to keep it close with this Jets team. They've got a good rush defense, but Mixon's already been struggling this year it's not like they're going to take away the bread and butter of the Cincinnati Bengals by stopping them on the ground yeah I think Andy Dalton's going to get right have a decent game and you know maybe lose but at least keep it within three points because he's he's playing for his job essentially for his post Cincinnati career but we're going to keep it here in the NFL Uh, I'm going to take San Francisco to cover a six point spread against the Baltimore Ravens now I've seen this spread everywhere I will give uh a little bit of a disclaimer there. The ESPN has it at five. I believe bet online. The one that you gave me, Jared, um, had it at five and a half, but Bavada had it at six. Like I said, I'm going to shop around for the numbers that I want. And Bavada has the number that I want at plus six. That's two field goals, uh, a mixed, a missed extra point, whatever you want to say. Take a look at this. The San Francisco 40, Niners are 10 and one. They are the best team in the NFL tied with the new England Patriots. But I think most people would look at these two teams and say the 49ers are better than the new England Patriots. And they are laying almost a touchdown on the road to the Ravens. I get it. Ravens, probably the second best team in the NFL. Maybe they're the best team in the NFL. It's a conversation to be had. Lamar Jackson is an MVP front runner. I get all of that, but this is a pure value Bet. I think the Ravens have a good chance to win this game. I think the Ravens even have a good chance to blow the 49ers out in this game. But how are you ever going to look at a 10 and one team and have them lay almost a touchdown, six points? That means literally, if this is a one possession game, a 10 and one team keeps this as a one possession game, pretty much, you're winning this bet. That's insane to me. That's insane value. That's San Francisco driving with a minute left to take the lead or whatever, or it's a tie game or Baltimore up three or four with the ball with a minute left. So they're just going to take knees. This is, this is not a game that's going to get away from San Francisco. I really don't think Lamar Jackson is the truth. Lamar Jackson has been outstanding this season, but so is the San Francisco 49ers defense. The San Francisco 49ers defense is allowing um, only 280 yards per game. To put that in comparison to the Baltimore Ravens, who everybody thinks is also a very good defense, they're allowing 340 yards per game. That's a 60, almost a 65-yard difference. That's a huge percentage difference between perceived good defenses. The San Francisco 49ers are on average outscoring their opponents by 16 points per game. The Ravens, 17 points per game. It's like these two teams are very evenly matched. And... San Francisco is getting plus six on the road to the Baltimore Ravens. Like I said, don't have a ton of confidence in Jimmy Garoppolo and this 49ers team to go win this game, but I've got a lot of confidence in them keeping it close. I think this is, could be a low scoring game as well. Something like a, a 24, 20 game, um, 24, 21, something in that range. I just love San Francisco's line at plus six. You cannot beat a 10 and one team 
getting almost a touchdown as an underdog. Like I said, not a ton of confidence in this one just because I really like how Lamar's playing. But a five-unit bet to return 417, the same exact actually odds as my last bet. I just looked at this and thought, I feel stupid for not betting on a 10-1 and team to cover a, a six-point spread. And it's not like this 10-1 and team is a joke. This 10-1 and team just wiped the floor with the, the Green Bay Packers. They, they've handled business against okay to bad teams. Their only loss is against an outstanding Seattle Seahawks team in overtimes going to cover the six point spread i don't think there's much uh much to lose in this game i really like the 49ers i love the value that you're getting at a 10 and 1 team is almost a touchdown underdog any thoughts on that jared i can't agree with you more i actually like the value of the money line here i i don't if i had to put my life on it i'm going with the Ravens, but it would be a very nervous time sitting there and plus 210 right now i'm in the money line for a ten, like you said, a ten and one team, you will probably never get a ten and one team as a plus two hundred. Never. It's Maybe because everybody's. Again. It's so everyone's so hype about the Lamar Jackson train, and and rightfully so. But I mean, the 49ers have beat good teams. They beat Green Bay. They barely lost to Seattle. They beat the Panthers, who are pretty good. They beat the um, Rams, who are pretty good. They beat Pittsburgh, who's at least okay. I mean, they've just been beating every team pretty handily, except for the Seahawks, who took them to overtime. So it's not even like, oh, the Seahawks just are a way better team. 49ers are a fraud. Seahawks are a Super Bowl contender, and it took an overtime missed field goal by the 49ers for, for Seattle to, to win that game. So love the, love the odds on that one. I just don't think – the other thing I think that helps is they have such a good pass defense. And we know Lamar Jackson is not known for his passing abilities. But that means I think they're not even going to really have to pay any attention to his passing because with their pass defense, they'll probably be able to keep him from doing anything crazy. So they can put a lot more attention on focusing on like us, some sort of QB spy, somebody to keep him from busting those 15, 20-yard runs. You you can live with a couple three four five yard runs, but you you just got to limit those big explosive plays he has. I, I don't know, plus two hundred for a, a ten and one team is almost impossible to pass up. Yeah. All right, uh, I'll I'll go quickly on this one because I think they're all pretty. Uh, I think we'd almost agree on all of them. It's a three team teaser. I'll, I'll spend more time talking about my strategy now. So I've been trying these teasers a little bit and texting about them, and the issue is I keep putting these crazy like five team bangers together and trying to get the plus 400 return and the issue is i'm hitting on like four out of five four out of six five out of six almost every single time so i'm gonna dial it down to threes and start doing it in chunks of threes because i think i'll start hitting probably 50 percent of them at least if i'm doing it in threes and your returns if you're hitting 50 percent, you're gonna keep going up you're getting like 1.6 return basically so what i have the Packers money line. I don't want to spend any time on that. We've already talked about that against the Giants. They're they're a money line in the Caesar. So you're asking just for them to win the game. Um, Eagles minus four against Miami. Mm. I mean, I, I think this is great value. Vegas has it at ten. They're expecting a blowout here. I'm not so sure it'll be a blowout, but minus four. You know they're going to win the game. If they're going to win the game, it's going to be by probably at least three points. I don't like that I'm getting four instead of three, but I. That comes back to bite you once in a while, but I, I don't see the Eagles needing a last-minute field goal in this game. If anything, it's more of a uh, a late push by Miami to try to catch back up that ruins it. So I'm I'm pretty confident that it's not going to come down to the field goal. Um, and then the other one that I put in there was just um, Titans to keep it plus seven with the Colts. And the reason I did this, it is on the road for the Titans, but I think the Titans are a, a decent team. So are the Colts. Neither of them are bad, but Titans don't get a lot of credit, I feel like. They're keeping a lot of games close. They're 6-5. and five. Nobody's really excited about them. But if you look at the Titans' schedule, games that they've kept within seven, keep in mind that's what I'm trying to do right now, their first game they won. Second game was to the Colts. They lost by two, so that saves them in the seven. Then they did lose one by 13 to Jacksonville. But then they had a win, a loss by seven, a loss to Denver by 16, which is bad. But then they win, a win, lost to Carolina, so they would have not covered there. Win against Kansas City, win against Jacksonville. About, it looks like six or seven of these 11 games, they've stayed within seven. It's a divisional game. Usually divisional games get played tight. These teams know each other very well. I would probably lean the Colts, but 
just that style that the Titans play, I think, is going to keep them in the game and keep that, especially getting the plus seven on the touchdown. And especially the good thing about the teasers, if you get a push, it just drops that team and it, it downgrades your teaser to the next type of teaser. That's the cool value you get with it. So, like, a, there's a payout for a two-team teaser, a three-team teaser, a four. If you have a three-team teaser and you get a push, then it just drops down to a two-team. It doesn't ruin it. It doesn't count. They just basically wipe that game. But your teaser is still intact. So, if your other games are hitting, the whole thing doesn't push. So that's a great thing about teasers that I really like. I've actually hit on a 16 one because I had a five push. That I have, um, I'd say the return's really good for those games too. Again, Eagles minus four against one of the worst teams in the league. Packers money line and Titans keep it within seven. And that's 10 for 16, 10 units for 16. You're getting 1.6 return on what I think are locks. Yeah, uh, I don't have anything negative to say about that. Every time you send me those teasers, I'm always you know, thinking that they are pretty much locks. I guess that's kind of the point of them. You put three, four together, and Vegas thinks that you know, you're going to be wrong on one of them. And when you put those six, seven, eight team teasers together, they all look like locks, but then one thing goes wrong and it's all ruined. I think it's smart to, to dial it back to the three-team teaser. Those all seem good. I don't have any exactly. negatives. or I, mean, yeah, I don't have any pullbacks to that. Like you said, the key is to make sure the teaser – I think the keys to teasers is to not get ahead of yourself. You can look at every yeah. spread and think you know what's going on, and especially when you build in a six- or seven-point teaser to it, you think, oh, this is for sure. But then one team comes out like the Jets, like the Raiders would have been all over my teaser last week. One team comes out hot like the Jets and ruins your whole thing. Um, I guess that's I mean, kind of the fun of the teasers and parlays. But You think about it, though. It's literally you're betting on – how good is Vegas at making a line? Yeah. If they're within seven on the line, then you win. And they, they do a good job. There's yeah. definitely games that get way off every week. That's why, when, like you said, you do these five or six team ones, you get caught with one of those. There's three or four games they're way off on. You dial it down to three games, they're right on a lot of games. So you're basically playing with them almost. Exactly. So this is going to wrap up our, our pro football slate here. We actually got an all football talk. Uh, today, so a little bit of Thanksgiving special for you guys. This is going to wrap up our NFL talk. I'm going to take us, fly us all the way down to the Houston Texans to take on the New England Patriots. I've got the Texans to upset the Patriots straight up on this one. And this is actually my biggest wager of the week. Um, this is my heavyweight bet of the week, not my largest possible return because I got a, a little parlay a little later that we can talk about. But I've got the Texans at plus 155 on a 12-unit bet to return 18.6 against the Patriots. A few things. I don't love the Texans to really win this game, honestly. Um, I like the odds. I like them to keep it close. Deshaun Watson can always be electric. If the game's a one-score game in the fourth quarter, Deshaun Watson gives you a chance to win the game. Here's why I'm betting on it. The New England Patriots offense is quite literally falling apart. It's... The wheels are coming off. Tom Brady's losing it. Like, they're averaging 90 yards rushing per game and 270 yards passing per game. I mean, how often do you see Tom Brady have stats more than halfway through the season where he's sitting at 15 touchdowns and five interceptions? I mean, the dude's pacing for, like, 22 touchdowns and, like, nine interceptions this season. So, and not a great season for Tom Brady. Look at the injuries that the New England Patriots could be facing too. Stephon Gilmore, questionable. Maybe the best defensive player in the entire league. Julian Edelman, questionable. He'll probably play, but Patrick Chung, questionable. Philip Dorsett, questionable. Mohamed Sanu, Philip Dorsett and Mohamed Sanu both missed last game, so it's not like these are random question marks. Mohamed Sanu is also questionable. So of those five people playing, every single one of them is a key player. And I would expect probably... Julian Edelman to play of all of them because he's super tough and probably Stefan Gilmore as well. But then you're still looking at three key players that the Patriots are missing in a game against the Texans. Again, I kind of fall back on this, this regression to expectation. This New England Patriots team is a good team, but are they a 15 and one team? Are they a 14 and two team? I really don't think so. They're one of the better teams in the league and certainly one of the better defenses, but they're being propped up by having a super easy schedule to start the year. And they're being propped up, I think, by Vegas by being 10 and one. When you look at the Patriots schedule thus far, far, excuse me, and you look at the teams they've played and you look at the wins they've had, 
it's a little questionable that they're considered one of the best teams in the league. Let's I'll break down their schedule really quick. They crushed Pittsburgh week one long time ago. Whatever. Pittsburgh's only okay. We've seen that. Miami, New York, bad teams. They beat them. Buffalo, a good team. They barely beat them. Washington, uh, New York Giants, New York Jets. Three of the worst teams in the NFL right there. They beat them. Congratulations. Baltimore, they lost to Baltimore. Maybe their only good team on the schedule besides Buffalo, they lost to. And then they uh, beat Cleveland. They beat Philadelphia, who's been struggling. And they beat the dumpster fire that is the Dallas Cowboys last week, who, as we've seen, have literally just gotten worse, it seems like, as the year has gone on. I'm looking at 11 games the Patriots have played. They have one quality win. And that is the Buffalo Bills, Philadelphia, Dallas. You can call them quality, but those teams are just average teams that they beat by a touchdown or less. That's not a great win to me. Buffalo is a playoff team that they beat by six points. That's a good win. Every other game is almost like they should win. The rest of the season, they play Miami again, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Kansas City, and Houston. So I see them finishing with three to four losses, still a 13 and three, 12 and four team. I think this Houston team is a team that's going to kind of get right at this point. They're going to start moving forward. They're going to start playing better team or uh, better football. Cause I believe they're a playoff caliber team. Um, they won a close one against the Colts. They lost to the Ravens. They got dusted by the Ravens, but then the two games before that Jaguars and Raiders, they were able to win. I think this Texas team is an up and down team. You never know quite what you're going to get, but at the plus plus one fifty five, I think the Patriots are overrated 12 units to return 18.6. I think this is a great bet. This is my favorite bet of the week just because I got a lot riding on it. You know, it's a it's a fun game that we're going to watch. I just don't believe in the the Patriots. The Patriots defense is going to have to hold them to like 14 points or something. Um, and I just don't believe that's going to be the case. I, I think Texans are going to win this game. Again, a close one, something like 21-20, 21-17, something like that. But I like the Texans. Yeah, I'll, I'll be quick. I like the Texans too. Money line scares me a little bit. Um, like you said, I think this Patriots team is kind of being disguised as a uh, one-loss team right now. That offense is struggling, and I think the defense has really just kind of everybody kind of looked past it. You can tell Tom Brady's frustrated with the offense. Yeah, every, I mean, every game they have, he looks just like because he knows what they really are, and I think he knows that they're a good team, but they are not as good as they want to be. And um, look, I mean, they're they have already been struggling at the wide receiver spot. They've already been struggling to fill that need. And now they're going into this game with Julian Edelman, Philip Dorsett, and Muhammad Sanu questionable, two of which I don't think will play. And if they do, they might be limited. Julian Edelman is a, is a tough dude. He always seems to play. So I, I'm never going to count him out. But like I said, it's like the question mark for the Patriots is their offense and their offensive playmakers. And their three best maybe offensive playmakers that are not named Tom Brady are all questionable coming into this game. So. I agree. I mean, they're winning a lot of games scoring 14 points. I think if you play a team that can even score a little bit, you lose. Or you get into a nail butter at least. I think the Texans can at least get to 20 on them. All right. Moving over into rivalry week for college football. I'll start with my little little more of a boring pick because I don't think a lot of people care about this game, so I'll only spend a minute or two on it. But I love Illinois minus seven home to Northwestern. Some... It's even moving to minus six and a half if you want to get under the touchdown. Um, the reason I love this is Illinois is having themselves kind of a sleeper little season. They're six and five. Uh, it's going to be a big win for them. Um, I believe that would they'd be bowl, bowl eligible already, technically. So, I mean, it just kind of adds a little something to the story. Northwestern, two and nine. They're horrible. They're 0 and eight in the Big Ten. I mean, this says it all right here. If you look at Northwestern's games, games they did not cover a touchdown, Stanford they lost to. They, UNLV and UMass are the only games they've won. Those don't even count. And then they covered against Purdue, technically. And, but they were home, and they still lost that game. And Purdue's a terrible team. Every single other team they've lost to has been by uh, double digits. Uh, yeah, Nebraska, I forgot to mention, too who is also a bad team, and they were at Nebraska on that one. I just think Illinois is, again, not a great team, but I, I just, I don't know, seven points. I just feel like they're, they're, they're a good enough team. They can beat Northwestern by seven. Don't want to spend too much time on the boring game, so I don't know if you have any comment on it, but I just think that's yeah. a good, nice little yeah, not, game no one's watching. 
Yeah, I, I don't really have a comment on that one. I actually like that one. Like you said, it seems like a, a good value bet. My 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 Vegas hunch is like I, I hate to say that because like when I when that's my only defense to picking a game, it doesn't seem like it's that good because if I like every other part of the game, but it just seems like I don't know. Just got a weird feeling about that one. But if I had to side, I would I would definitely side with you. Um, um on that one. I, I'll continue our college slate here in rivalry week. I've got Texas A and M um, to cover a 17-point spread here, and I'm I'll go through this one pretty quick as well. I don't I'm not. Let's be real. I'm not in love with this game, but I really like the Texas A and M quarterback. I think his name is Kellen Mond. Um, he has been outstanding so far this season, and I think he's going to be a low-key pro-caliber quarterback. You know, one of those fifth, sixth-round, fourth-round picks um, that maybe gets a chance to start and maybe gets a chance to do something in the NFL. I really like how he's played this season. I like how he's played his whole career. Uh, I got decently big into betting last year and I was getting a lot of winning bets based off of betting on the Texas A&M Aggies because of Kellen Mond, because he just seems to keep things close in the end. And he's pretty good at putting together uh, drives in the last few minutes as well. Here's the real thing. LSU, an outstanding team. They're a national title contender for sure one of the top four teams in the league but texas a&m has played some good teams and they beat some good teams and held it close against other good teams they played georgia another national title contender team and lost by six last week and that game i don't know if anybody watched was an absolute barn burner that game was like zero zero at halftime or it was zero zero like midway through the second quarter or something like this was a close game like georgia didn't just win that game. They barely won. They snuck out against Texas A&M with a win. I don't know that LSU is that much better than Georgia. They've got an outstanding offense, but their defense is a little questionable. I think LSU rolls in this game. I think they win by two touchdowns. Um, I think it's going to be something like a 44-33 game or a 40-30 game or something like that. But I like Kellen Mann and the Texas A&M Aggies ability to keep it close and just stay in the game, maybe have a late score to cover something like that. I mean, if you look down the Aggies schedule, they've played some outstanding competition. They played Georgia, barely lost to Georgia, kept it a one score game. Alabama, they did get derailed a little bit by Alabama, but even at that, that's still only 19 points they lost by in that game. So, the spread here is 17. That's still pretty close. They barely lost to Auburn one touchdown, and they lost to Clemson by two touchdowns. They would have covered this spread. So when they're, they've played four top 10 opponents, they've held it within 17 points on all of them except for one, and they held it within 19 points on that one. So I really like them to hold it within 17. I got a 10-unit bet for Texas A&M to make me some money to return 952, and I'll take uh, the 17-point spread on that one. I like that. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, I got nothing against that. You can't really argue against it. I do think 17 just kind of kind of a lot. Like you said, LSU, I expect to probably roll. But 17, you, you could have a backdoor touchdown and easily cover that game for you. And my only concern is, you know, LSU jumps out to a 21 nothing lead in the first quarter. And, you know, they just kind of hold them off the rest of the game. End up winning, you know, 42 to 20 or something like that. I don't see that happening. But if this is a one possession game after the first quarter, you know, LSU's winning 14 to 7, 14 10, 7 to 3, something like that after the first quarter, the Aggies are going to easily cover this. I just see maybe them getting demoralized um, if they go down big early. But like you said, late game scores, anything can keep this within 17 points. Basically, if it's a if it's a 24 point game with less than five minutes left, I still even like Texas A&M's uh, chances to cover on that. So. All right, well, I will head over to maybe one of the biggest games of the weekend. Maybe not the most implications, but definitely probably one of the most hyped games we'll have this weekend. And that is Ohio State covering Tiger locked in at eight. I know it's moved all the way from seven and a half up to about nine and a half. I'm really comfortable up to nine. I would even probably take nine and a half. I, I don't know if I'd start messing with the tens. This is simple, too. People are starting to... I think overrate Michigan. It happens a lot with Michigan. Um, 
every year they're supposed to be a top five team. Then they screw it up. And then every year toward the end of the year, they start to make a run once they get in some weaker Big Ten teams. And then Ohio State just pushes them back on the stairs. And then they go on and lose their bowl game. It's just like this is the derailment of their season. It used to be when they lose to Michigan State a couple years ago. They seem to have in recent years kind of gotten over that hump. But they're only like a win better than those years. They're basically winning that Michigan State game instead of losing it. But then they just go get stopped. Um, the other reason I really don't like this matchup for Michigan, outside of having home field, I think they're a horrible matchup. Michigan has been a pretty slow starting team this year. I mean, they've been putting up a lot of points, but a lot of their points are coming from the second half. And I don't think they can afford to start slow against Ohio State. Ohio State's not Illinois that's going to let you stay in the game for a while. They're not Indiana. They're not Michigan State who's just going to let you hang around. They're just going to keep going without you. And Shea Patterson's kind of been a turnover machine, especially in critical moments and in clutch games. I, I just think once that feeling starts to set in of here we go again, once they're down 10 early or maybe 14 even, it'll start slipping away. They'll start making those mistakes. Ohio State will start to open it up even more, maybe almost to 28 or so, I'm thinking. And then Michigan makes that little push, kind of, pulls back in there, maybe gets it to two touchdowns or so. But like I said, Michigan, I'm not going to analyze every game, but I think it was Middle Tennessee State they played. They started slow. Army, they barely beat. They started very slow. They needed overtime to win that. Wisconsin, they started very slow. They just got stormed by Wisconsin. Rutgers, we don't even talk about Rutgers. They don't count. Even Michigan State beats them. Iowa, they started slow. I think they only scored a one touchdown because of a turnover in that game. I might be wrong, but um, Illinois, I don't really remember that one, but they didn't blow Illinois out. Penn State, they started very slow, obviously. Notre Dame is the one outlier exception. They did start that game like a right out of the uh, um, starting blocks. Maryland, uh, Michigan State even, they started slow. Michigan State was in that game at halftime. I mean, Michigan was outplaying them, but it was only like a – it was a pretty close game. And in yeah. Indiana even last week, they started out slow against Indiana. Indiana was actually in the lead a couple times. I Again, Michigan went on to pull away, but – you can't get behind on Ohio State, especially this Ohio State team. They're so fast. They're so talented. I think Michigan matches up bad, too, I've been saying, because Michigan's been beating up on these bad teams. They have better athletes. They have guys that are future NFL players beating dudes that, like, they, they would probably struggle to be a backup on Michigan with the recruiting that they get or an Ohio State team. So they're not going to be able to just throw a ball high in the air for Nico Collins to go just be a bigger man than the guy he's going against. You're going to be playing against a true or schematically good team that is very talented, and they're running like a well-oiled machine right now. I just don't see how Michigan keeps this game close. Um, I got no faith in Patterson. I just think they're same as every year. Everyone starts getting hyped up about this time, and then this is where they get smacked back to reality that they're a good team, but they're not anywhere near a great team. What's your, what's your bet on that one? Um, I actually have 15 units, I believe, on that one. So a little bit That's bigger. Right. I haven't sticking with the 10. So I have 15. Now that was at minus eight when I caught it. If you're one of the people getting in that, like the minus nine and a half, I don't know if I'd go with 15. I'd probably tone it down to 10. But yeah, I mean, I just, I think Ohio State's ready to roll. If they yeah. did self-inflicted wounds last week against Penn State, they should have won that game 31 nothing. They win that 31 nothing. They're probably coming in as a two-touchdown favorite right now. All yeah. because of a couple bad plays. Yeah, I agree. I've got every reason to believe Ohio State's going to run this game. Um, I'm excited to watch this game here about 51 minutes. I think the kickoff's at noon today, so I'll, I'll get to see the majority of that game. Um, my only concern is that Michigan has looked like a, a different football team this year than they have in the past. Uh, I know, like what you said, they are kind of that team that, you know, puts together one two-loss season, everyone gets hype about they're national title contenders at the beginning of the season. Then they lose a game or two. Everyone falls apart on them, thinks they're not good. Then they kind of win out and they look good. And everyone's like, okay, they're not a national title team, but they're, they're a pretty good team, you know, and that's why they're getting this eight, nine point spread against this Ohio state team, which is in my opinion, the best team in the country. I don't know though. I just, I like Michigan to keep it close. Um, this is like a Harbaugh has a, a so much riding on this game. This is it for the season. Who really cares about their bowl game? Sure, you want to win it. Obviously, you always want to win it. They'll probably be playing Florida again, like they have like three of the past four years or something. <laughs> Every but, single year. But 
they've got no big time to play for. They've got no playoffs to play for, no national title aspirations at this point. It's literally this game. And if Harbaugh comes into this game at home and gets wiped by Ohio State, everything good he's done this year is going to come undone. If he comes in and, and loses a close game, you know, Michigan fans and their arrogance, they'll they'll tell themselves that it's okay because they only lost to Ohio State 28-24 instead of, you know, 40-10. to 10. It'll be one of these. Did you see that holding call? They, if they would have called that, exactly. we would have back. We would have stopped them on third down, and then, yeah. Exactly, but it's like, I don't like Michigan in this game at all. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate and make a case for them, just because I don't, I don't, I don't love this game. It's, it's a little scary to me. Why is Ohio State only an eight-point favorite when they are the best team in the country, in my opinion, and have dominated teams outside of, like you said, Penn State, um, which was just kind of fluky that it was that it was close. Listen to their last five games. Ohio State's point totals, 28, 56, 73, 38, and 52. And they played two <laughs> top They played two top 15 teams in there. It's not like they're just playing crappy teams. Some of the other teams were crappy. But they have not scored less than 28 points outside of one game their past five games. And then their other lowest score is 38. So I don't think Michigan's going to keep pace with them. I just don't love to bet on this game just because, I don't know, Michigan's a little sneaky this year. I think that they Harbaugh's got a lot they're playing for. So maybe they really throw everything else out in the field and, and keep it close, maybe even upset or win, because like I said, they've got nothing going for them this season, nothing else they're playing for. They're just trying to finish off a, a, a good season. That's it. So this if is I had the most to bet, excited I've been for a Ohio state Michigan game in a long time. Yeah, gun to my head. <laughs> I'll take, I'll take Ohio state, but I'm going to stay away from this one just because I don't know. Michigan's a little, a little sneaky this year. And in, in my opinion, maybe that's just the pessimist Michigan state fan in me. Um, thinking that they're going to keep it close. I'd like to see Ohio State dust Michigan, you know, like a 56-7 to seven game or something like that. But I've got one more game um, that we're going to talk about here. And, Jared, this is how we're making our money back today. I've been really loving the ideas of these kind of uh, taking a spread and the over-under in a game because you're confident it's going to go one way or another. That is how we're making all of our units, 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 units back today. We've got Oklahoma minus 13 and a half to cover. I saw 13. Um, I was thinking about taking it. I only saw it 13 on ESPN. So it seems kind of cheating if I, uh, if I take them to cover that one. So I, I found them at the 13 and a half. I'll take them at the 13 and a half. And the under at 69 and a half. I'm going to put seven and a half units on that to return 19.3. That's actually my biggest return of the week. That's why we're going to return those units. Um, a few things. First of all, I, I got to recognize Chubba Hubbard for the Oklahoma State Cowboys is an absolute animal. He's going to get like 20 or 2,000 yards this season and over 20 touchdowns. A beast. But... Their quarterback, Sanders, Oklahoma State quarterback, is done for the season. Now, he's not been the best quarterback in the league, but anytime your starting quarterback goes down and out for the season and you're playing a team, the Oklahoma Sooners, who have one loss this season, um, is a bad one against Kansas State. But Oklahoma is a national title contender still, even with that one loss. If some turmoil happens on top, say Ohio State and the LSU loses, you could see a reasonable way that Oklahoma finds themselves in the playoffs or at that five team, barely out looking in Oklahoma is one of the top teams in the country. Defense isn't great, but Jalen hurts is an animal. He's at, he's got 17 rushing touchdowns and 30 passing touchdowns. I mean, he's like locking in his Heisman candidacy. And I don't think Oklahoma state's going to be able to keep it close with their backup quarterback. Um, 13 and a half. That's two touchdowns. That's it. That's not like they have to go out and cover more than two touchdowns. I think this is a game, and the under 69 and a half as well, I think this is a game Oklahoma gets out early. Oklahoma State's got a lot of pride, so they're not going to really let them run away with it. I like it as like a 34-14 like a game, something like that, where Oklahoma doesn't go up and put up 50 points, but they're going to put up enough to run away from Oklahoma State. I don't have a lot to say on this one. I just love... When you have a, I've got a top 10 team here playing a rival, Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State, and that rival doesn't have their starting quarterback. Um, two touchdowns is not a lot to cover for Oklahoma Sooners. They can cut, score a touchdown on average in like two and a half minutes. So even if it's a one touchdown game with like four minutes to go, 
Oklahoma can still go down and get a touchdown to, to push it up. Um, the under is actually what I'm a little concerned about more. I could see Chubba Hubbard running wild on, on Oklahoma, maybe putting up 30 points where Oklahoma has to put up, you know, 45 or something. That might be my only concern, but I don't think they're going to be able to get to that 30 point mark. Oklahoma state. I think they're going to be hovering right around that, you know, 20 point mark, which means to cover the over Oklahoma state's going to have to, or excuse me, Oklahoma is going to have to push over 49. Um, tough to do in my opinion. So I like Oklahoma state to cover 13 and a half, but both teams to stay under 69 and a half. That's a seven and a half unit bet to return 19.3. Like I said, that's my, uh, my big money bet of the week. <laughs> The one thing that scares me, I like the underplay, but the Oklahoma that scares me. I mean, the last four games, they only won by four, by three, by one, and they lost. So, I mean, I think they're definitely capable. They're one of those teams that could go win a game by 40. You just leave the room for a few minutes, go do something, you come back, and they're up 21 all of a sudden. I lean that they won't cover, but like I said, I'm, I'm staying away from it because I know they're a team that can go cover in the first quarter, and then you're sitting there like, why did I make this bet? So I'm staying away from it, but I would lean on the, I don't know, Oklahoma scares me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does scare me a little bit, but I'll take them. <laughs> I think that, I think they're going to get hot just because, like you said, I think the spread is being almost held a little close because of their past games, four point game, three point game, one point game and a loss in their last four games. So how do you, that's kind of what I was looking at. You've got one of the best offenses in the entire country, if not the best offense in Oklahoma and an offense that is missing their starting quarterback. That's a tough game to keep within two scores. And I mean, they can keep it within two scores, 14 points. And I still, I still win the bet. So it is a little concerning. Um, but Eh, what are you going to do? I like Oklahoma to roll in that game. A little, little gut check. I'm going to get right this week. All right. Well, that brings me to my last game. And I don't know. I, I just kind of like this game. A little uh, rivalry, Minnesota-Wisconsin Badgers. I'm actually taking Minnesota on the money line at plus 130, I believe it is, 10 units for 13. So this is mainly a value bet. It's one thing we were kind of talking about earlier with the 49ers. This is even worst case. When have you ever seen a higher ranked, better record team playing at home? At being home, an too, yeah. Being an underdog. Usually you get the, the opposite. Like the 12 seed is um, at home and a better team. is kind of like the Ohio State situation. You have two ranked teams, but the better team is the one on the road and they get the points. When the lower-ranked, worst-record team, I think part of this is because people just don't trust Minnesota. They're just not used to Minnesota being good. They're used to Wisconsin being good. They're used to the historic uh, rivalry between these two teams, which surprisingly I saw is even. Uh, I saw some things scrolling around on ESPN, but in recent years, it's no surprise, or, or it's not a surprise to anybody to know that Wisconsin has dominated in recent years. I just think Minnesota's not getting any credit. Like I said, I, I think this is a pretty even game. But in an even game, I'm going to take the plus money every time. Um, I would almost even give Minnesota a slight edge. When I first heard this game, I thought Minnesota would maybe be a, I don't know, one of those close one to two point favorites or a pick on. Not a I was going to say one and a half point, point favorite, something like that. Yeah. I mean, may, maybe the smarter move here is you play the plus three, but I really don't like playing plus spreads underneath a three because it's like at that point, just take the money line and get the better value. It's probably more likely Minnesota wins this game than they lose it by less than three. Like the chances they cover the spread, but they don't win the game. I'm just going to take the money line. Yeah. Um, I, I think if they can just slow Taylor down, that Wisconsin seems very one-dimensional. They run through Taylor. If they can slow him down, I, I think they're in a, they got a fighting chance. These wide receivers are beasts for Minnesota. With uh, Bateman and Tyler Johnson, I think it is. They have just been animals i mean you watch any game anytime they need points they just toss it up and those guys go and get it minnesota had a chance to beat iowa a couple weeks ago they just couldn't put that last drive together they would be undefeated right now if they could have put a drive together against iowa they are one drive away from being an undefeated probably top five team where they would be getting at least probably four points you're getting that three free points basically just because of that iowa game um like i said i won't be surprised if wisconsin goes on and wins it but 
plus money, I'm definitely going to take the higher ranked, better record team that is playing at home. That home field is them basically saying Wisconsin, like a six point favorite. If it were in uh, uh, Madison, which I just don't believe is true. I think this Minnesota team is being overlooked by a lot of people. Again, they're not elite, but I think they are a good team. Yeah. So I don't know. This game is, this game is a tough one for me to look at. I was originally, you know, I agree with everything you said, how often you get a 10 and one higher ranked team at home as an underdog. That's a value bet. That feels like a, a value that I would bet on. Um, that, that's kind of like how I look like to look at it. It's been hard to pick point spreads and teams over the course of an entire season or two seasons. It's tough. But if you're consistently picking value and you're consistently winning on a 50% clip rate and you're getting that value, that means you're going to come out positive. So I like that strategy. I like that betting uh, mentality. Here's my problem. I think Wisconsin is a really good football team, a really good football team. Listen, they beat, they wiped the floor with Michigan, if we can remember, all the way like six, eight weeks ago when they just destroyed Michigan. There are two losses this year, a one-point loss to Illinois that I think they were caught looking forward to the Ohio State game in. Because Ohio State, they played the next week, and they got dusted by Ohio State 38-7, to which, as I, I, I never count a loss to Ohio State as that big of a deal. It's like a loss to Alabama, lost to LSU this year. It's They're the best team in the in the country. Who cares if you lose to them? I'm not thinking Wisconsin's top three or four team. I'm thinking they're a top 10, 15 team. So their only bad game outside of Ohio State was against Illinois. And I think they were just kind of caught looking forward. This is the biggest game on the Wisconsin Badger schedule because if they can win this game, they can find themselves in the Big Ten Championship. I like your methodology of having Minnesota at home and betting on the value versus the three points. But this might be a case where I really like to take the three points just because I think Wisconsin's going to win this game, but I think it's going to be a close game. Um, I like the money line value. I'm going to stay away from this game just because I don't feel like I know enough about Minnesota. They're the, like you said, they're that sneaky team. We're not used to them being good. Seeing them ranked as a as the eighth ranked team at ten and one seems a little mm, fringe to me. It seems like they're they're hanging on the balance. And if I use my kind of regression to expectation, thinking they're probably going to lose this game and Wisconsin's going to win this game, but I'm staying away from it. If I have to pick this game, I would take Minnesota at the three point spread. But I would take Wisconsin at the money line spread. Um, I'll stay away from it. But if we're going to compare money lines, I'll, I'll take the I'll take the Wisconsin side of the money line just because I think they are the better team. I think they are a legitimately a good team. They just you know fell apart in that one game against Illinois, and they only lost by one point. And Illinois is an okay team. We've seen them uh, put up some tests against other teams. So I'll lean Wisconsin, but I like the value. I like the strategy that you're going with on that one. But yeah, I just I wish, like you said, we saw a little more text from Minnesota throughout the year that I'd feel a little more comfortable. Yeah. I think them and Michigan would have been a fun fun game to watch if they would have had a Michigan on their schedule this year. For sure. And they've played in the past and it's been close and Minnesota's upset them. So you're right, that probably would have been a good game. But my slate is looking at a total of uh you can see that the past two weeks haven't gone that great for me. My total bets have gone down each week. Now I'm betting it's a total of 39 and a half units. I like to hover right around that 40. So it's not that much lower than my average. Um, but my total possible winnings is 55.76. You can see my little bit of a change of strategy from last week where I bet 42 of the possible winnings of 94. So I'm betting about the same as I did last week, but with a possible return of 40 less. So I think I'm making a lot more smart bets this week i'm not going crazy um hopefully i can win you know really three of the five is what i'm looking to win and maybe pull one of those or, or that par layout get me back trending positive but i'm sitting pretty good that plus uh at plus over 120 even without these uh or sorry with these bets included so uh jared what about you you want to break down this this uh this week your total bets before we get into yeah, the head to head Stepped it up a little bit. I have 55 out this week. I guess I'm feeling confident back in the green. Um, and then for a potential of about 77 returns, I do have a little positive value there uh, with my parlay and teaser. So, yeah, I think this will be my week where I can finally kind of 
get myself some cushion to start really going for it and make right, our- the ship get get rolling. Yeah. So let's get into our uh, head to head. This was this was amazing, actually. Um, we didn't pick our head to head before we started. We completely forgot to, but through telepathic communication, Jared and I landed on our head to head, and crazy, we're on opposite sides of it. Jared, one of the biggest games of the year this week. Maybe the biggest rivalry in college football outside of the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry is right there. We're going to take Alabama-Auburn, the Iron Bowl, for our head-to-head. I'll go first because I'm I'm pretty confident in this one. I really like Auburn at plus three and a half. Here's why. Bo Nix is, in my opinion, attested. I know he's a freshman, but he's attested and proven Freshman, he's had some big wins. He's had big wins on the road this year. Um, I think that this Auburn team is, is just a good football team. Not a great football team, but a good football team. And if Alabama had two of this spread, would be 14 or something. Um, but they don't have two. They've got their backup quarterback coming in. We don't know much about it, but we do know a lot about Auburn. We know that they're a good football team. We don't know that this quarterback for uh, um Alabama is going to be good. Obviously, their backup quarterback is probably like still a top 10 quarterback in the country because they're Alabama. But I mean, let's take a look at Auburn's losses this year. Like seriously, let's take a look at them. Georgia, LSU, Florida. They've lost three games all to top 10 teams. All of them are within 10 points of one another. Now, I understand the spread here is three and a half. It's not, it's not a double digit spread. But my point is, it's not like... And they've got good wins, too, against Texas A&M, which we talked about earlier in the show, and against Oregon, which Jared is all over Oregon um, for this season. So when you look at this team, they have an insanely tough schedule, and they've fared pretty well at 8-3 and three so far. They've only lost to top 10 teams. That's it. They've only lost to top 10 teams. Now, Alabama is a top 10 team, but they're without their starting quarterback over the past two seasons. So I like... Auburn to keep it close at plus three and a half. I'm two and three on head to head. I won two in a row lost last week. Um, but you know, Ohio state should have really covered that spread last week as we were talking about, but Penn state kept it close because Ohio state mistakes. I like to get back to 500 on this, uh, Auburn to cash plus three and a half. I almost like Auburn straight up. Cause like I said, this is a rivalry game. This is your equivalent of Michigan, Ohio state. This is your biggest game of the year. Oklahoma, Oklahoma state game. Literally, biggest game of your season comes down to this, and now you're playing a backup quarterback at home. So I like Auburn. I think they're going to cover three and a half. I even like them straight up. So if you're going to give me more than a field goal to cover, I'll roll with that, Jared. I'm getting 500, back to 500. You know Auburn's winning this game. Um, so I'll be honest. I don't love this <laughs> pick, but complaining's not going to get me another W in the sheet. So. No more of that. I I think, like you said, is the key here. If Tua were playing, what do you think this line's 14? Yeah, over 10, maybe. 10 it, plus for sure. Yeah, I was going to say 10 and a half. Anywhere probably from 10 and a half to 14 and a half, I would say the spread is. And that's why I think uh, Alabama's being discredited too much for Tua. I think is a great quarterback, don't get me wrong. But the issue is, Alabama's good every single year, no matter who their quarterback is. They're plugging and pulling guys all the time. Tua is actually one of the few guys in recent years I feel like that's been a consistent two-and-a-half-year starter for them. Um, I guess not two-and-a-half, two-and-a-game. But um, I don't know. I, I, I get all your points about Auburn. I actually almost kind of like money line Auburn as a, as a value bet. I don't think they're going to win. But I, I think Alabama will grind this one out. I think Mac Jones, yeah, he's no Tua, but – that offense is so good, I don't know if they need to necessarily to win games. Najee Harris, they got probably three potential first-round wide receivers on that team. Jerry Judy, people are saying, is one of the next Odell Beckham, and then Ruggs, and then uh, who's the other guy? Devonta Smith, I think his name is. Yeah. Those three right alone could be first-round picks. Anybody's going to look good throwing the ball to them. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I, I can see it going either way, but I just feel like if – if Tua would be getting them 13 or 14, does removing them really make them only three? I'm leaving Alabama wins this by a touchdown or so. Yeah, I like. I was honestly kind of thinking that mentality as well. That's how I have won some money this year on the Colts. Is Andrew Luck and the Colts were Super Bowl contender 
and they lose to Andrew Luck, are they really now bottom four or five team? No, they've got a really good roster still. So I made a lot of money earlier on the season or a lot of units, I should say, betting on Jacoby Brissett because I believed in that roster and that team. <coughs> Excuse me. So I like that line of thinking, but college football is a little different and these rivalry games are really different. So if Tua being in this game, it was still going to be a close game, which I, I thought it would be a close game because it's the Iron Bowl. Now that Tua's out, I think it's just going to be a close game, but I think Auburn's going to come out on the other side of it. But remains to be seen. I'm, I'm excited to get to a, a heavy college football slate here in about 30 minutes. You, you got anything to add here at the end? Wishing our viewers a, a happy Thanksgiving here, Jared? No, I just think we're in for a, a great day of football. This is one of the best weeks of college football you can have. It's one of the best weeks in all of football with this this rivalry week. Uh, Michigan State gets to play Maryland. Woohoo! That's going to be fun. But they should change that like back Maryland. to the Penn State game. I like Maryland covering the uh, 22. Ooh, a little, a little bonus bet. They need to change that Michigan State back to Penn State because Michigan State-Maryland yeah. is, is not a good game to end the season on. But I probably won't even watch it with our own team. Eh, probably not, but NFL games are looking <laughs> great this week. Um, the college football slate looks outstanding, so I think we're as excited as anybody can be. Make sure you join us next week. We're at odds. I'm Adam, and that is Jared. And I'm Jared. Yeah, good luck on your bets. Thank you. Good luck, everybody. <laughs>